Ben Green's High Performance Podcast, where we share with you the stories, tips, tricks, and strategies of motocross and off-road races, health and fitness experts, and everyone in between who has an inspiring story to share. This episode of the podcast, we have Jay Kavanagh from Rack Racing in the United States of America. Jay reached out to me on Instagram a few weeks ago, and we've had a couple of really good chats on the phone, and I knew straight away that when I spoke to Jay on the phone, he really clicked, and I knew that he would be an awesome dude to have on the podcast. So that's what we've done here. We've, we've jumped on the podcast together, and we've spoken and uncovered a lot of stuff around mindset. So, a lot of this, a lot of the stuff we talk about in here, depending on where you're at with with mindset and understanding it, it might sound a little bit woo-woo or a little bit out there, but I promise you, if you are racing motocross, you are probably already in some way practicing these things. You may just not know it. You may not have the awareness to realize that's actually what you're doing in certain situations. So... Once you learn a little bit of stuff around this, then you can understand, start to understand what's going on and you can start to have a little bit of awareness around it and then you can actually start to work on it in your day-to-day routines because that's the really cool thing with mindset is we, we don't always get to train on our bike, we don't always get to go to the gym, but we are in our heads every single waking moment. So our mindset, our thoughts, our our emotions, our feelings, all those things, we get to practice every single day while we're doing our thing. So the better we get at controlling them, then the better we get at applying those principles when it comes to race day. So we talk about lots of cool stuff in this podcast and we go down a few different tangents, but there's a lot of really cool information in here. So if any of this stuff if you'd like to know any more information about this stuff or you need any more help, just reach out to me or Jay, send us a message. Um, be more than happy to help. If we get a heap of um, feedback and questions, we'll definitely do a follow-up podcast. So get stuck into this one. Like, if if you love it, if you could share it, that would mean the world to me. Give it a review on iTunes would be awesome too. Until the next episode, keep giving it 100%. And I'll see you on the other side. Okay, we'll get started today. I would like to welcome Jay from Rack Racing to the podcast. He's, I, I guess we just came across each other on Instagram a few couple of couple of months ago. Um, had a couple of really good chats with him on the phone, and I knew straight away when I spoke to him that I guess we've got a bit of we share the same approach with a lot of stuff. So I'm really excited to see where this takes us. This conversation. So welcome to the podcast, Jay. Thanks for having me. And I, I wish people could see this video that we have going. Like, even though we're doing just audio, you and I have the pleasure of having video. And I wish people could see how intense the background is at your place, man. <laughs> what, what's in that gray? You know what? I got to ask this question. What's in that big gray bag? There's a bunch of, like, weighted balls. <laughs> That's just a bean bag. Just a bean bag? That, that would know, be a good, that's, that'd be a good conditioning tool, actually. I could fill that up with some medicine balls. 
Yeah, or, you know, I use a beanbag myself to condition. I lay down in it, the one that I have in my house. I put it right in front of the TV and I lay in it. And, you know, I, I really think it's a great workout for me, at least for 30 minutes until my show's over. <laughs> Good recovery workout. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Well, I thought just to kick things off, I guess a fair few people that will be listening to this podcast are going to be from Australia, which is where I'm from. So they may not, I've been giving you a bit of a, a shout out on my Instagram and, and I've got all my clients to be following you because um, I think the content you put out is awesome. So for the people who perhaps haven't heard of you, do you want to give us a little quick two minute bio of, of what you do with rack racing? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I, like everyone I, or like a lot of people, uh, my goal was to be pro motocross and 87 had a injury that left because uh, i'm in my 40s um i know i look like i'm 21 but um <laughs> i'm just kidding i actually look exactly what my age is it's like how old are you it's like 47 yeah you look 47 all right i'm 47 but anyways uh <laughs> had an accident in 87 and, and you know i really really was on uh, on a, a tear to go you know all the way with it and um long story short just took a little break from the industry, got back in 06 and was like, I need to find my place. And so literally from 2006 until this year, uh, or not, yeah, like probably this year and a little bit last two, three years, I kind of teamed up with AJ Catanzar a little bit. I just went up to him. I think it was Arizona, uh, the Supercross. And I was like, hey, I hear you're from Portland, Connecticut. And he's like, yeah, and it's here in the U.S. And I go, um, I live in East Hampton, which is literally one town over. I said, where did you live? And he told me where he lived. I'm like, dude, I drive by your old house like, you know, almost every day. And then that started a whole conversation. And long story short, fast forward today, um, I went to a lot of the Supercrosses, you know, with AJ over the years. And, and then recently, um, I said, you know, the one piece that's missing, because here I am trying to find my place in the industry uh, like many of us are, and I've tried with so many different things. And I said, you know what? I said, I love giving mental advice. I love psychology. I was thinking about being a psychologist at one point. And um, so I said, I said, geez, I would love to keep people advice. So I started like giving riders advice on how to master the mental game because that is a big part of motocross, supercross, and life in general, right? And, um, and then I was like, I also want to do some good with it. And then I'm like, all right. I just woke up one day and I literally was like, random acts of kindness are cool. That abbreviates to R-A-K, rack racing. That sounds kind of cool. And then I was like, geez, maybe I could just charge people to do mental coaching and then just like do random acts of kindness for the money. And I was like, okay. And I just did it. And so <laughs> it, literally, it literally happened like pretty cool. It depends on how you look at it. Like the rack racing thing and the idea of it came pretty fast, but I've been fighting for 12 years to try to figure out what to do. So uh, I guess all your perspective on how you look at it, but that's, that's what brings us here today is just uh, doing good things, helping people um, and just doing giving instead of taking is a big thing with me. I never realized how much you can gain by giving. The more I give, the happier I get. And the less I have, I swear to God, the happier I am. So uh, here we are. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And I think you're right. That's it's a whether you call it an emotion, but but actually giving to someone else, it's a it's a empowering feeling. Absolutely, and you know it's funny because 
the last three months of my life as you, you know, I don't, maybe, I don't know how much I told you, but without going into it, basically just got hit with three things all at once that kind of really tested me mentally and, and really dragged me down. And it was funny because I did two giveaways where we gave away in our, in the States, we have Thanksgiving, we gave away 50 turkeys um, that the motocross community helped support giving away. They paid for it. I just gave them away and gave them shout outs on, on my Instagram and did it again the last week for Christmas. And I'll be honest with you, those two times of giving, um, I risked 550 bucks that, you know, was a lot for me, uh, mm. hoping that I would get that money back. And, and we did. Um, and, but, but more importantly than the giving the, and getting back the money and, and not having to spend 1200 of my own money, um, I just feel like when I gave those hams and turkeys away, I had these people that are just sitting there and they're just like, I am so grateful for you and for you people being here. And they're like looking you dead in the eye and like they're genuine. Like your mm. friends could look at you and, and I'm not, you know, your friends could look at you and be genuinely, you know, grateful to have you as a friend. But when's the last time someone legit looked into your eyes? I'm talking like tears and, you know, on the top of the lid, you know, and, and just looking at you like, thank you so, so very much. And thank you for this food. Like, it just, it was such a great experience. And what, what a great way to pull me out of a slump than to give. Who would have thought, right? You think I should take, right? I should have been yeah. calling you up, Ben. I should be like, yeah. hey, Ben, uh, I know that bench. You could sell that bench I'm looking at right now. That <laughs> rower, that rower is like two grand. Can you sell that rower and give me some money? I need it. Um, who would have thought instead of taking and asking, uh, giving was the answer? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, well, the universe works in crazy ways, right? hundred percent. You start putting stuff out there and it eventually starts to come back. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, with you, I mean, what, what would be an example for you personally where you feel like giving really helped you? Like, was there, is there a story? Like, I'm, I'm curious because sometimes <clears throat> when you do these podcasts, like I like, you know, who doesn't like talking about themselves, but sometimes I'm like, <laughs> Hey, you know what? The bottom line is your viewers and your listeners, they want to know about Ben Greenwood. Like, I'm just like the new guy. Like, I'm like the quick fix. Like, who's this Jake Havanaugh, United States? Oh, it sounds far away. Like, what, what would be a good example in your life, Ben, where, where you gave and, and you really felt uh, the results of that personally? And you felt like you maybe gained more than what you actually gave? Um, would definitely be doing what I'm doing now with my business. Like, um, I'm doing my, I've got my gym, coaching clients, um, and I've, created my online program now which is which is more for well it's all it's purely for motocross guys motocross and off-road guys so the people I train in the gym are just general pop clients of course my my passion's motocross and off-road so that's why I've gone down that online route is so I can provide that that coaching and that product that service to to the motocross and off-road guys but I've only been doing that for three years so before that I guess I was very externally motivated i guess you would say i was motivated by the big house the car had five cars all this stuff but internally i was very i felt empty i suppose you'd say i didn't i i i, I guess i lacked purpose so i've been on a, on a bit of this journey to discover what my purpose really was and and that's why i've created my business doing what i'm doing now because i'm it's something i'm really passionate about so i guess i would say like i've been giving to my clients for the last three years and 
just like you said before, I've got a, a hell of a lot less money and a hell of a lot less stuff <laughs> than I had back then. That's for sure. Um, I've sold all that stuff, <laughs> but that, but I'm so much happier, so much happier. And it's not all, it's taken me to go on that journey. I guess I had to go on that journey to figure that out, of course, but it's not all that, that stuff that I thought was going to bring me happiness, the external, the money, the, the objects, all that stuff. It's, it wasn't what brought me happiness. It's, it is like you say, the giving and, and seeing that I see when my clients achieve something and how I help them. And that is true happiness for me. So yeah, that would, that would be, my bet, my best example, I suppose, of giving. <laughs> that's a damn good example. I was like, oh my God, that's great. You know, because, you know like the, the two words that stuck out, you know, uh, when you said that is, you know, you said passion and purpose. And, you know, I just feel like so many people just walk through life, um, you know, and, and they don't have, it's like, well, what, what's your agenda, you know? And, and, you know, it's like, sometimes you'll have like the, you know, I'll get a better job. I want a better house. And like you said, it's all stuff related. And it's yeah. like, no, 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 no. Like, what, what do you want? Like, if you were to die tomorrow, like, what do you, what do you want to be remembered by? And I realized that not choosing to have a life of no children and I don't want to get married. I don't know what the divorce rate is in Australia, but out here, I think it's like 94.6%. Like you're almost guaranteed. It's like the worst business decision you can make. Um, and so, you know, I, I just personally have views that are different than everyone else with regards to kids and marriage. I, it's just not for me. I, I respect those that, that enjoy it. And, you know, certainly someone like a Chad, your own Chad Reed, you know, yeah. Ellie Reed watches a lot of my stuff and I've talked to her several times and, She's now she's a, a legit woman and she is a powerhouse. And to be honest with you, she is a big part of Chad's success because I, I see Absolutely. Chad from her perspective, not, not his, like I know him a little bit. I've talked to him on some track walks, but I really feel like I have a better read on Ellie Reed. And, yeah. um, you know, that, that's a, that's a relationship where there's been so much, um, sacrifice and they've, they fought through the trenches together. I mean, I would almost argue that it's, it, it's a similar relationship to like being in like the army where it's like you're being shot at and you're just being, you know, you're suffering together at the same time. And then you, you get through it together. You know, those guys have a common bond and granted, you know, this is different, but the parallel is the same, which is, you know, sometimes your relationships are strongest when you go through failure together and you go through, you know, nights of sleeping in the back of a truck, or, or asking, you know, someone to PayPal you $23 because you don't have enough gas to get to your place, you know, or whatever. Um, so, uh, so, you know, as far as passion and purpose goes, you know, you break life down it it really comes down to the basics, relationships, um, giving joy, what, what makes you smile, you know, And, and they're all choices, right? Like, you know, like I woke up two days ago and I said, uh, before I went to bed, I said, I want to wake up tomorrow because I've had so many bad days. I'm like, I'm done having bad days because um, I wasn't able to, to um, manage my mental game the, the way that I feel I could have in retrospect. But now that I have a, a little more control and clarity, I'm like, tomorrow, I'm, the only thing I'm focused on tomorrow is I'm waking up and I'm setting the tone for my day. Am I going to keep that tone the whole rest of the day? And sure enough, Went to bed thinking that, woke up thinking it, and I primed myself. I did my morning routine, and boom. Like, I had the best day I've had in, like, honestly, like six months. 
yeah. it was a choice, you know? Yeah. And so it's just funny, like, you know, how, how we think that life just happens to us, but it's all about a choice. And, and to you, you know, with your point, you know, you choose, if you make a choice based on passion, um, you know, and purpose, I mean, is there a better choice than that? Are there any, is there anything bigger and better than that? I don't, I don't know. No, I think, you're, I think you're right, man. I think so many, I've had this conversation with my wife before, um, and she kind of says, I, it's okay to, if, to not want more or not, I guess, go after that thing. But I think my point of view is there's more people living a life of not going after what they want because they don't think they can than people who are happy. Like, I'm all for if you're happy doing what you're doing, if you're happy with your big house and your five cars, then freak, hell yeah, then that's freaking awesome. That's sick because that's, that's what we want, right? We just want to be happy. But I know I'm not the lone soldier. So there's, I think there's probably more people out there that are kind of stuck where they are because that's all they think they're capable of. 100%. It's like, who sets, who sets your limitations? You know, and it's, it's ultimately it's you. Yeah. You know, and, and it's based on your belief system and your thoughts of what you're capable of. And, and, and it's sad to me that not enough people come to the realization that they have a choice of what that limitation is and they can control that limitation uh, within reason. You know, I can't, you can just wake up one day and say, I wish that I'm going to make, you know, 10 grand today out of the blue. I mean, you have yeah. to be reasonable in your expectations, of course. But if you start small and you say, hey, look, I want to do a couple small things to build some initial momentum um, then you start to believe in the process and you start to believe that you do have control. You start to believe that des your destiny is something that doesn't just happen, but like you make it happen. Um, it, it just, you, you'll have to experience it. Cause I heard so many people talking like, Oh, just believe in yourself and you know, put your mind to something like there's so many sayings that are out mm. there that I have just let like hang out and not yeah. stop <laughs> for one second. Cause you're too busy with your stuff. You know, yeah. you're too busy paying your mortgage. Um, filling your spare bedroom with stuff and buying stuff and then buying stuff for your you know, garage or your bike or whatever. And, you know, you forget, like you don't stop and take a deep breath and be like, whoa, like maybe there's some meaning behind some of these sayings. And um, they're really, you know, when you step back and look at life from the fundamentals and the basics, you really gain a lot of clarity and, and direction. And if, and if you put a lot of effort and thought into it every day and make it a priority to learn and to grow and to figure out your, uh, passion and purpose, you know, you can really do some things that will blow your mind. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Absolutely. So one, one question I would have there for you, what, what was it? You said that day you made that that choice that day to to make a shift with your um, do your morning routine. You got up and you changed changed your, the way you thought about that day. What led you to make that choice? What was it that actually got you to that point of going? Okay, this I need to do something here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I had gone. You know, I had I my job of 12 years, 12 years is over. My best friend had a stroke. My dad had a really bad stroke. And for about three months, <clears throat> I was just like in this cycle. And in the, the thing that I learned that, that night, and I was, I was aware of it, but I was so busy and caught up in, uh, all caught up in like this vicious cycle, if you will, that 
I finally, the night before I had that really, really good first day in a couple months, I, uh, I said, what's step one? I just went back to the basics of what I would tell you, right? If you were going through what mm -hmm. I went through, I said, what would I tell you? So to, I said, I have to break the cycle. I knew that. I'm like, I have a cycle. It's vicious. And yeah. it, it's this habit, that thing that's creating. And I just keep reliving these same things of what could I have done for my dad? You know, am I giving enough to my dad? Should I spend four hours with my dad at the nursing home? Should I be doing this? It's like this, this chaos. Like my brain was like a junkyard of confusion. And I'm like, step one, what's step one? Step one is awareness. So I said, okay, what's your awareness? I said, okay, I'm aware that I'm letting all of this get to me and I'm allowing it to happen. I've paid my dues for the last couple of months. I've done everything that needs to be done. But first step was I was like, I'm aware of what my mind is doing. I, stepped, I almost like took a step or two outside of myself. Like sometimes, you know, if you've ever been in an airplane and you like look down, like, I don't know about you, Ben, but if I'm in an airplane, which I go on a couple airplane rides a year, I'll look out the window and I look down and I'm like, my God, like, just think of all these little people running around doing whatever foolish stuff we do. And it just puts things into perspective. And so I try to every now and then almost kind of like put myself up in that airplane looking down at myself and just, it really takes whatever problems you think are big and it just diminishes the crap out of them instantly. Uh, yeah. In my mind, at least it's, it's a perspective I choose and, and I've thought about and I put effort into creating. And so I, I realized that was a tool in my tool belt that I hadn't dusted off in a while, dusted it off. And I said, okay, what's next? Well, what's next is well, what, you know, what do you, what do you want? <laughs> Which no one ever asks themselves what they want. If you want to really have a awkward conversation with someone, just go yeah. up to them and be like, Hey, what do you want out of life? And you, if, you don't, if you want to know what a cricket is, that, that's the definition of a cricket, <laughs> is you will hear nothing. It's dead silent crickets. And it's like, well, I, I, and so I was like, all right, what do you want? Like, how can you have a goal and how can you have a focus? How can you head towards a destination without knowing what it is? And so I was like, well, what's my goal? I'm like, I want to have one great day tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean? What is that going to mean? I said, I want to start off great. I want it to be um, breaking free from my habit, this mental cycle I've been through of reliving too many things that I can't control at this point. And I said, I just want it to be a day of clarity, uh, of happiness. I want to smile. And if I cry, I'm sick and tired of crying because I'm sad because right before all this happened, my biggest joy in life that I was laughing about was that I would cry a lot, but it was because I was so damn happy. I would literally just start tearing up. I'm like, I can't believe how happy I am. I would start, because I'm an emotional dude. And like, I would just, out of nowhere, like I'd be like going for a walk, I'd start crying. I'm like, I'm like, am I pregnant? Like, do I have my period? I'm like, what is happening? And then of course, one of my good friends is like, do you know that men can get period? I'm like, men, periods? Like, what, what books are you reading? Like, are you reading like Reader's Digest or something? Like, Wait, wait, like the equivalent of a period for men, like get over yourself. Like I'm just being emotionally like involved in my life. And like, you know, and, and I don't feel that I feel like men need to be okay being emotional. And it's like, you know, we don't, we, we don't have to always be angry. You know, it's not like, Oh, I have to be angry at the gym and I have to be a tough guy. You know, I, I have like four or five friends. I say, I love you too. When I hang up the phone. So, um, so moving forward to that day, like I woke up and I said, all right, I already know what I'm going to do. I woke up the next day. Uh, before my feet hit the ground, I always do morning gratitude. So I choose three things to think about from the day prior 
that I was grateful for. And when you, when you think you're having a bad day, uh, you don't realize, but there's always three things to be grateful for for that day. It could be as simple as uh, a roof over your head, a, a meal in your stomach, um, a relationship or conversation that you respected. Um, there's plenty to be grateful for. And so I started out uh, the shift with gratitude and then I moved into um, doing um, what I call like a priming. So priming for me uh, would do some, be something physical. So I like to get the blood pumping. I'll do just like jumping jacks. This is not a workout. Uh, I will just start jumping up and down. Sometimes I'll even put 80s music on because I'm older and I'll start dancing around 90s. <laughs> You know, like there's some good stuff out there. Like, I don't know about the new stuff, but I like the old stuff, you know, and it brings me back to my innocence too. You know, in the eighties, it was like, you know, do I play missile command on my Atari or, <laughs> you know, do I play, um, uh, God, what was that game? Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah. Pac-Man was good. But then there was one where that I used to be addicted to where you had like this little dude that was like, um, the guy that got. The alligator guy from, from Australia, what was his name? Steve Irwin. Oh, Steve Irwin, yeah. Yeah, Steve Irwin. So there was like this little dude um, that was like a Steve Irwin before Steve Irwin was big, and he would just run around, jumping on swings, jumping over alligators. But it was like that innocence. I miss that innocence. And so when I go back to that innocence, it gives me clarity. And so sometimes I'll, I'll play 80s music for that reason, is to go back to that, that moment, those moments of just innocence and clarity, and it gives me direction and and, um, and I just, just basically said, I choose for today to be happy. And, and, I, and I just made the whole day happen. And I made sure that I looked for happiness. If I found it, I made a big deal. I created happiness. I mean, if you trust the process and you just go for it, I'm telling you this stuff works. Um, yeah. If I, if I were to hear myself doing this podcast five years ago, I would say I'm crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd, be right, I'd be right beside you, I reckon, man, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, like sometimes you got to take a chance, right? You know, Absolutely. I mean, how many times you go up to a triple jump and you're like, am I going to make this or not? It's like, well, we'll find out. Here it goes. <laughs> you know? Sometimes you just got to go for it. it. Just, just send it. Send it on a triple and, and sometimes you just need to send it in life and see, see where it goes. Yeah, totally, man. I think that's, that's it's, uh, I guess it's that. That, it's a bit of a cliche saying, but the pain of staying where you are becomes greater than the pain of change, right? 100%. So it's, yeah, for me, I was curious to ask you that question because I, I think I know, like I say, it takes, for most people, it's an event or something like that happening that it gets them to that point that they're like, okay, something's got to change. For me, it was having kids becoming a dad when it started to change for me. I think that also concluded with, I, like, I, like you just said, five years ago, I didn't know shit about any of this mindset stuff and all this kind of stuff. But knowing what I know now and looking back, like I'd just stopped racing before we had kids. So it was a bit of an identity crisis, I think. I'd let go of that, that guy, that Ben Greenwood racer dude. And that was almost like my riding... It, that was my meditation. That was my mindfulness practice. I'd ride every single weekend and be present and forget about the stuff, the stress. And that was my, my meditation. And I was grateful for that. Like I loved, I've always loved riding. But then when I stopped racing, I stopped riding as much and started working more. And all the, the stress, the anxiety, I didn't have that outlet. And it just piled up and piled up and piled up. 
and same for me. I got to that point where I was like, I feel like shit here. Like something's got to change. I've got to do something or else I'm just going to feel like shit <laughs> for good. And that's when, it, for me, it was the same thing. Just gratitude, man. I just started listening to podcasts like, well, I feel like shit. I've got all this stuff. I don't feel good about myself. I need to do something about it. So I just started listening to podcasts. One of the first ones I listened to just spoke about gratitude. So I was like, well, what have I got to lose? I'm going to start writing gratitude (laughs) in a journal every morning. And like you say, it freaking works. Like it's such a simple, simple thing. Makes a difference. Makes a big difference. And then all the other stuff I've learned along the way, like, well, this is, if we could apply these principles to racing, to riding, like I would have been a hell of a lot better off in my racing career. So how can we help people that do that now with their racing? So I think, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely spot on there. Yeah. And and it's funny and listening to you just now, you know, and I've, I've guess I've known this, but I've never actually stated it or really analyzed it. But when, when we talk about, um, riding you know for all of us that ride i mean we know what it's like it's just like this addiction and it's like if you really think about what we're addicted to what we're truly addicted to is and you just said it is being present because Mm -hmm. think about it when you're not riding like right now we're not on our bikes our bikes are at home and we're sitting wherever we are and thinking about like just all right we're just sitting here it's like well where does your mind go well my mind can either replay like, oh, geez, like, what did I not get done this week? What errands do I still need to do? So I'm thinking in the past, right? Yeah. So my mind can go backwards. I can have some regret about maybe a conversation I had last night. Like uh, I was being sarcastic with my girlfriend last night and she's not from my country. She's from Poland. She doesn't do well with sarcasm. She hung up on me. I was like, okay, you know, like this just <laughs> happened last night. And like we talked today and we're fine. But like, I was like, doesn't she know I'm being sarcastic? But that language barrier was an issue. But it's like, do you sit here and think about coulda, shoulda, woulda and replay what you did wrong last night with your girlfriend, a week before with your boss, or what you said to your mom two weeks ago, like live in the past? Or do you go the other route and you say, oh my God, you know, I don't know if I like this job that I have. So like, I should probably get a new job, but then should I change careers? Boom, boom, boom. But before you know it, you're snowballing into this whole thought process of like, a month, six months, a year, 10 years down the road. And it's like, you're uncomfortable either way because you're either living in the past and regret, you're living in the future in uncertainty, but where's the most comfortable, safe place? It's like the here and now. And so when you're on a bike, you know, yeah, you might be thinking like, where are we going today? But that's different, you know, but you're never sitting there on your bike. I mean, have you ever been on your motorcycle and been like, oh my God, I got to pull over and text my girlfriend. Like, I just realized, you know, I, I didn't tell her I loved her three nights ago and she went away on a cruise. Like, no, you're not doing that. And, you know, you're not sitting there wondering if you're going to have a career change while you're about to like, you know, go over a set of whoops. Like, so riding really, we, it's the only, it's a comfort that we have because we're living in the present. So if we know that on the bike and we respect that on the bike, why can't we also take that knowledge and apply it to our life off the bike and try to be present in life and, and go, you know, that route as well and, and learn from riding. I mean, that's what I learned from riding is to be present. Absolutely, man. Spot on. So like you say that ideally we're not thinking about texting or emailing our 
someone at work or talking to our girlfriend whilst we're riding, ideally we are 100% present and that's when we can ride at our true potential, right? So that's the challenge, I think, for most people. And like you just said then, we you can only you only might ride once twice a week for some people maybe maybe more whatever but you're in your head 24 7 so it's being present being aware of your thoughts trying to control them a little bit it's something you can practice every waking moment so you can get really really good at turning it on when you get to the track because that's like the last guy, my mate Jake, who I had on the podcast, he said, that's what he said. I asked him about, because I know he's into sports psychology. He said, well, sports psychology is not really a thing. It's just, it's just psychology. It's just human behavior. It's not something that you just turn on when you go to the race. It's something you practice every waking moment. And that was like, yeah, that's so true. So it is that tool that we can use, like you say, as long as we're aware of it. As long as we're aware of what's actually taking place there, then we can start to try and work on that in our, in our daily routines. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And I like what you said. Um, so there are two things you said that I really, that really resonated with me just now. Um, one is that practice is key. Um, you know, repetition is how you get good at sports. Repetition is how you make something become a habit. Repetition is key to anything. And, and we've been conditioned um, through <laughs> different ways that I don't want to go into, but we, we've been conditioned for these quick fixes. And, you know, like I'll even have people message me and be like, hey, man, hey, I know you're busy, but hey, can I ask you a question? Yeah, okay. This is on like Instagram, right? Hey, I'm like really not focused. Oh, I'm on the bike. Like, what should I do? And it's like, okay. Um, if you think I'm going to message you back with like a, like they think like I'm like David Copperfield. Do you guys know who, like, do you guys know who he yeah, is? Out? Yeah. Has he, yeah. It's like David, like they think I'm a magician. It's like, I'm not just going to like, like they think I'm going to send them like a message with like, Oh, did you know that there's a button under yeah. like the case? <laughs> like it's not near the drain bolt, but it's like just in front. Like dude, it's just hard work and it's repetition, but it's not rocket science. It's not, rocket science but it, uh, it is hard work and it is something you have to make your focus to me i realized that in order for me to achieve something it has to be i call i call it front of mind and we've yeah. talked about this you know like with the rat the ras and stuff like that and i want I, I wouldn't mind i think it'd be great to hear you discuss that because i think you know that part uh quite well but um to me, you know, what do you focus on? Like, what, what is your focus? Like, people are just walking around. It's like, do you even know what you're focused on? Like, with me, when I wake up every morning, I set myself up for success, right? So I'm not just, like, you know, like, randomly bumping into stuff. Like, I literally try to, every morning, do my routine. And part of that routine is to discuss something for my 1,499 followers that will make them happy learn something about the mental game that day. So if I wake up every day and my focus is on that, I'm already like, okay, what can I do to inspire? What can I do to give? What kind of important tools have I used or learned? And the more I keep it in the front of the, my, my mind, the better my um, Instagram posts are, the better my Instagram stories are, and the better my life is because it's a priority. It is a focus. It is a habit. 
It is something that is at the front of my mind at all times. Like when I get off this podcast with you, I have something, a video for 32 minutes that I just bumped into that has like a, a topic where I'm like, ooh, I think this is going to be juicy, you know? So, you know, I could do a whole bunch of other things, but I want that knowledge and that's my focus. So what is everyone's focus? Like if you're a rider, what do you focus on? And, and a lot of riders focus on what they can't do instead of what they can. That's a big problem. Um, I don't know about in Australia, but I'll tell you right now, the disease, I call it a disease because I legit feel it's a disease. The disease here in the Northeast region of the United States where I live is that if you watch the end of a moto and let's say 25 guys got off their, uh, off the track, they're riding back to the pits. They go back to their pits. They get off their bike. They take off the helmet. First thing they do, ah, oh, man, you know, unless they won, right? The w winner, he, he's all set, like write him off. The other 24 people, 30 people, all they do is beat themselves up and talk about what they didn't do. Mm. Why? Like, I, I'm not saying you don't need to cover it, but don't obsess over it. And, and my recommendation too um, is that if you're going to say three things that you didn't do great that you want to work on, balance it by saying three things that you did great. That way you're not skewing towards this constant negative abuse and negative self-talk that basically makes you think you're not a capable rider. And, and people get confused by this because they're like, well, how am I supposed to get better? You're not listening. I'm saying like, maybe I'm not saying it clearly, but like you, you have to figure out what you did wrong, come up with a solution, say, all right, is this the solution? Yep. Okay. Move forward. That's it. Within 30 seconds, you should have your answer. Don't obsess over these negative thoughts and you know you, you go on the drive home and everyone just talks and talks and talks about oh i didn't do this and you know i came up short you know the triple didn't go out i was having trouble with my suspension who doesn't have trouble with their suspension come on like you know like that that's just a part of moto like not everyone's got everything dialed at every race so i just wish more people would um be very careful with the words that they say because people don't realize how much power words have because words become reality. And the more yeah. you speak them and the more you think them, the more you believe them and the more the universe creates that reality for you. Does that make sense, Ben? Absolutely, man, for sure. Um, talk about, yeah. like, do you mind to go back? I know I, I kind of went off a little bit because I get way too pumped about this stuff. Like, I just want to do push-ups right now so bad. <laughs> I almost feel like you should hit pause and just let me drop. And I would love if you were screaming at me too and you're like, oh. No, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm getting yelled at by Ben Greenwood on a podcast <laughs> break. I'm doing push-ups. This is awesome. But in all seriousness, like, let's go back to focus <laughs> because clearly I'm losing mine right now. But um, what, what, tell us about like, there was a reticular activation system. Tell me about like what you know about focus because I know you have some good thoughts on that. Yeah, I was going to get to that. I, I thought quickly first, I thought, like you said there, at the start when you, you have someone message you and they want to know that, that answer to, and like you said, it just takes work. It's, there is, it's not, you don't just click your finger. It's like coming in the gym. You don't, you know, you're not going to wrap out a 200 kilo deadlift the first time you come into the gym. No, you start with a broomstick, you start with the basics and you work your way up. So I think, especially for guys, humans in general, I suppose, especially dudes that race motocross, it's easy to do that physical stuff, more of that physical stuff, like smash a tough workout, do an extra set of reps, do an extra interval on the rower. 
But when it comes to actually sitting down and being still with yourself and writing some shit down in a journal, that's really uncomfortable for a lot of people. So I think that's one thing worth pointing out, like that stuff that's uncomfortable, when you get out of that comfort zone, that's when it's challenging you to grow. It's the same in the gym. You do deadlifts with a broomstick all your life, you're not going to get stronger. You've got to keep progressing and challenging yourself, getting outside of that comfort zone. So it's the same with, with the mindset stuff. You've got to go where it's a little bit uncomfortable. And, and, and like you say, just do the work because that, that builds that, that self-belief and builds that, I guess, that certainty within your mindset. So like you say, it's not, it's not just one little thing. It, it's, it, takes, it takes work <laughs> and you've got to be consistent with it. Absolutely. You know, and, and it, it takes, you know, 30 to 45 days to 60 days, depending on how intense a habit is to create a habit out of something. And really that's, that's a good goal to have is to turn everything into a habit and the way to create a habit of something and to make it part of your routine is to do it on a regular basis and start small and then make gains. Like with me, I, I always say 1%. If I could do 1%, for 30 days, if I could do 1% more of whatever it is I want to do, if I want to put 1% more into my relationship, if I want to put 1% more into my workouts, you know, we as moto guys are like, screw that, man. I want 20%. I'm going to put it in 20%. No, 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 no. If you're putting in 20% more, then that means like, how, how can you gain that much? You know, so what, do you re- what have you been putting in? If you can right now turn up something 20% more, then there's no way you were putting it hundred yeah. percent. So I'd rather, I'd rather look at it. Like for example, for uh, new year's resolutions, everyone wants to lose weight here. Like we're obsessed with weight, right. And the way we look. So everyone wants to like the January 2nd or 3rd, like the gyms become like 50% more people, but it's like everyone goes in too hard at the gyms. I I've told people and they think I'm crazy. I said, tell you what, if you want my advice, wake up day one, work out for one minute. That's it. Like, what are you mm-hmm. talking about? I'm like, do jumping jacks for one minute. And then, well, well, I can do it for five. I don't care what you can do. Do it for one. The next day, do it for two, then three. Because what you do is the habit trumps the intensity initially. So to me, I'd rather create a habit and make it where I'm on autopilot. I mean, think about it. You have a morning routine right now. You get up, you do your coffee, you go to the bed. You don't even know you're doing it. You know, you just do it. It's your routine. Well, I know when I used to work out at the gym every day, I didn't even remember. I didn't even realize I was going to the gym. I'm just like, I just get in my car and go to this place. And this is what I do. Like, what do you mean? Go to the gym. You know, it's like, yeah, I was going to the gym, but it was part of my routine. So people need to, um, with, with moto, we're so intense and we're so all or nothing, you know, that it's either break or it's gas, you know, that's like the life that we yeah. live. Yeah. And um, you can't do that um, and expect to have long-term results. Short-term, it might work good, right? You could have three days where you work out intense and you're just like an animal, but then day four, you just don't have it anymore. It's like, why is it? Well, you went too hardcore, in my opinion. For sure, man. Sure. It's got to be sustainable. Yeah, it's got to be sustainable for sure. I'm opening it. Just so you know, you're going to hear a can opening. And it sounds like a beer. It is a Canada Dry Sparkling Seltzer Pomegranate Cherry. Just full disclosure, okay? That sounds delicious. (laughs) 
I hope that can't that sounded as good on audio as it as it sounded on on this side. I hope the the uh, audio going over the water doesn't like really distort it too much. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess so. Talking about the the focus, the thoughts, I suppose. Um, like you said, like we're definitely shaped by our beliefs those beliefs we have and you touched on that what we've been conditioned to so 95 percent of what we're we're doing now those subconscious habits have been have just conditioned into us from when we're from the womb basically so that's like i learn all this stuff off from following joe Dispenza, which he's right he's a neuroscience dude which is he's he studies all this and he's got all the science to back it up but Basically, what, what he talks about is how we experience, like our brains, are, we're thought machines. So we, we experience up to 80,000, 90,000 thoughts a day. 95% of those thoughts are from our past. We're recreating our past into the present moment. So our, our RAS, it's that reticular activating system, the little thing in the back of the brain, back of the brain that's it's basically our filter our our perception so ever ever i guess your your reality is different to my reality based on our perception so we can control that a little bit with our by, ch- by shifting our perception we can and and i guess controlling what our ras filters by being aware of those thoughts what they are and perhaps trying to when they pop up trying to change it. So I guess that's, that's one really thing I wanted to, I guess, get across here too, was the, the goal is not to never experience a negative thought. That's not reality. And I think that's probably where I went wrong when I started out with all this stuff on this mindset stuff. So like I was, I felt like I was so negative. I was at, it's like anxious, had anxiety, stress, blah, blah, blah. But well, fuck, I've got to be like over here. I've got to be this super positive dude all the time. And I think my wife said it to me at the start. She's like, you just, that's, you can't be, you can't be positive all the time. And I'm like, bullshit, I can't, I'm going to be positive. <laughs> but then once I learned more about it and learned off a lot of other people, read a lot more books and just through the process of doing it myself, I came to realize that that's not the goal. The goal is to not be controlled by your thoughts and be able to control them yourself. So just be aware of when those negative thoughts come in. Okay, okay, is that thought serving me? Or is it something from my past that's recreating my present moment? And go, no, that's not what I want. That's not serving me. This thought is. And have, whether it's an affirmation or something that you repeat to yourself to, and that take, like you say, that doesn't work the first time. That takes 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 times to get better at it and I've, I guess I've been practicing that for three, four years now and I feel like I'm kind of getting the hang of it. <laughs> it's not something you just, yeah, you go boom. It, t- it takes work, like you say, it takes work. Yeah, absolutely and, and the way to add to your point because I think it's a great point you make about um, you know, oh, well, you, you know, you happy all the time? Like, you know, can you just be happy? Like, with ever, they're not, with there not ever being negativity. And it's like, no, it's like the way that I do it is um, 
I have a thought coming to my mind. I say exactly what you just said. I say, does this thought serve me? And I just ask myself a simple question, yes or no. If the answer is yes, then the thought can stay. If the answer is no, um, and it's negative, I might do a little processing and I'll say, okay, why did this negative uh, thought come into my mind? Um, how can I avoid happiness in the future? Um, is there anything I can learn from this? Um, and I do a quick assessment in a matter of, you know, I don't know, five, 10, 20 seconds, depending on what it is. If it has to be a minute, okay, fine. But then if it ultimately, if that thought doesn't serve me, I push it aside. Um, that's the difference is you, you know, the negativity doesn't stick around, you know, it's almost like a lap time, you know, it's like, you know, if you could do a five minute, if I can, if I have to have a negative thought stay in my mind for, you know, an hour, that that's, that's pretty bad for me. It's like, I want to shave off time, you know, and at the beginning, you know, that's exactly what happens is that a negative thought might stay with you for a day, a week, who knows, but just work on shaving time, you know, no different yeah. than on a track, cut yeah. time, you know, and, and figure out, you know, and, and it goes back to your point where it's like, people think that these thoughts are, oh, well, that's just how I am. Like, I, I've always been worried. I'm always anxious. Like, I can't stand when people say that it drives me crazy. Cause I'm like, you're basically just, it's almost like being a quitter. It's like, oh, well, that's just how I am. I, I just get, I just overreact to everything. Okay. So that's like something that's in like the core, like, is it in your bone marrow? Uh, is it in your, your cerebellum? Like, where is this behavior? And you know, it's like, it's one that you allow to persist. And, and what happens is, um, people, when they feel they have a certain persona, right? So like, let's say for example, people like to stay consistent to the persona. So for example, if I'm a nice guy, right? And all my friends call me a nice guy. And for 20 years, I've been told how nice I am. Nice, nice, nice. You hear me, you hear nice. Well, if all of a sudden, you know, someone says something negative, it's like, I want to be consistent with my identity. And so I want to say nice things and be nice and everything comes down to nice. If I'm not a morning person, it's like, well, I've never been a morning person. Like I just, who I am, that's my identity. I'm not a morning person, but it's like, you can be those things. And then sometimes being a nice person is a good thing, but then sometimes not being a morning person has its, its price to pay. Um, and, but it's like, are you really a, not a morning person or are you allowing that behavior to repeat itself? And it's something you can control. Like how, how can you not change that? I, yeah. I don't get it. Um, so, you know, to know that you have power over your control and control over your thoughts is huge because your thoughts become your behaviors. Behaviors become like who you, who you are, you know? And, and it's an important thing to know. And, and I wish more people would sit down and realize it because in motocross and supercross, um, I asked Jeremy Albrecht, he is the um, team manager for JGR Suzuki. I asked him, I said, what percentage of, the, uh, of motocross, supercross do you think is mental? And he said, oh, 80, 20. And I said, oh, geez, you only think the mental game's 20%, huh? I, I would have thought you would have said higher. He goes, no, 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 no. 80% is what I was saying was mental. I'm like, no way, really? He goes, oh, yeah. And he said, like, Phil Nicoletti is super, super fast on the practice track. But for some reason, you know, he's not the same Phil on, on track that he is, you know, in, in a moto in a race. He's not the same guy he is in practice. So, um, you know, this whole mental game is so important. And it's like, you can't go onto a racetrack and master the mental game. You have to practice, like we were talking about with repetition, you have to practice off the track in your life 
and get it figured out off the bike because you have so many times to practice off the bike. You know, if someone cuts you off in your car, you know, how do you deal with it? You know, if all of a sudden you get a flat tire in your car, how do you respond? And you know, and you think that these aren't big things, but they parallel moto 100%. You know, if, if I'm coming to a turn and someone slams into me, puts me up against, you know, or I flip over and I get the bike on top of me, how do I respond? You know, and, and, and you, you're, you're on autopilot at that point. You can't expect to just, you know, figure it out mentally like you, you're on autopilot. So if you, for example, practice um, what I call the reset, which means if things go wrong, you hit the reset button and you kind of charge forward. If you practice that in real life, once it happens on a race, boom, you're ready to go. So um, you got to practice in life what you, what you do on the track. Certainly, man. Yeah. And I'm just quickly going back to that, to the RAS, I guess that's, <clears throat> that's how gratitude and having a morning routine actually works. Like, I guess the, the science bit behind why you do feel better throughout the day, because that's influencing your RAS. What you, what you focus on is what you get. So if you get up in the morning, you write down some things you're grateful for and perhaps an affirmation or an intention for your day then that your RAS is going to be more inclined to view the world. That's how you perceive things. So it's like that, like they, if you got a new KDM and then you go to the track every second you, you see or truck has got a KDM in the back and you get to the track and it's like, holy shit, there's KDMs everywhere. It's, it's not, the KDMs are always there. It's just there in your awareness. Or it's the same thing with a car. You get a new car that like you start seeing them everywhere. It's because it's in your awareness. So when you grasp a little bit of that concept, that's how you can start to control that a little bit with those setting your intention, practicing some gratitude, then your perception starts to change. I love that example you just gave. It is a classic, it is an awesome example. And um, even to your point, there was one day where I did an experiment. I was driving to New Jersey from where I live. It was about a three and a half hour drive and I was bored after about an hour and a half. I was like, it's seven o'clock in the morning. There's no one I can call or text. Uh, well, oh, that's right. You don't text when you drive, so call. <laughs> and so um, I said, I want to do something creative and fun and I, and I want it to be mental game related. I'm like, what should I do? And so I was like, um, what's like the most important thing in life? I'm like, happiness. I'm like, okay. Um, I'm like, all right, how do I become happier right now? And like, I literally was driving down the road on Garden State Parkway. I remember it very, very vividly. And I said, how do I become happier right now? Like this second, start. And I said, okay, go. And I didn't, need, I didn't give my chance, myself any time or opportunity to talk myself out of it. I just said, go. And I was like, oh, damn, oh, damn. I was like, all right, uh, what things do I see that make me happy? So I was like, I went right to my senses. I'm like, what things do I see that make me happy? I'm like, I don't know. Uh, the color yellow makes me happy. All right. So every time I looked at, I was looking around for the color yellow and I was like, oh, there's a yellow sign. Cool. I'm happy. And I was like totally faking it to see if it would work. Every time I'd see anything yellow, I'd be like, oh, there's a yellow, uh, you know, yellow car, you know, yellow anything, you know, and, and, and then I was like, well, what kind of things do I need to hear? And I'm like, oh, I need to hear happy music. I'm like, well, that's my 80s. So I put on 80s music. I got 80s music going. I'm looking, I see these yellow signs and 
Then I'm starting to shake around a little bit. Then I'm like, all right, what kind of body? I'm like, this is making me feel happy that I'm bouncing around. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, if I have my shoulders bouncing around, I'm kind of feeling happy. So I started dancing in my car. And then my, I was like, what body position should I have if I'm happy? I'm like, chin up, shoulders back. And I'm just, before you know it, within like five minutes, it's like this huge, steep curve of complete, like, chaotic happiness like i am smiling i literally took this so far i am waving to every like I'm, people must think i'm crazy even i thought i was crazy i'm waving to people next to me left and right i am out of control happy and then i went to uh i was like oh my god i'm so happy i i at my age i, I had to use the restroom so i was like oh damn this experiment is having its cost <laughs> so i pull over i go to the rest stop i'm like no i'm not done so i get out of the car I see people next to me. I go, what a happy day it is today. I'm like, I'm going to use the word happy because I know that words have power. So I'm going to use the word happy as much as I can. So I said the whole bathroom in and bathroom out, I'm going to use the word happy as much as I can. So I said, hey, it's a happy day to these guys. And I, and I was just, everyone I talked to, I'm like, what a happy day, huh? And then I come back and I was like, I'm a bigger high. And I was like, screw it. I go on my wallet and I pick, I pick out like 20 bucks. And I was like, guy held the door for me. I said, I said, are you happy? <laughs> he goes, yeah. I go, I'll give you 20 bucks if you tell me what makes you happiest right now. And he goes, okay. And he's like, see those two people in front of me? And they, they kind of hear and they stop. He's like, those are my family members. He goes, without them, I'm nothing. Starts going off on this whole thing. And then I like, after that, I was like, I was so buzzed. I get in my car and I just stop. And I was like, whoa. For the last like 10, 12 minutes, like I created the most energetic vibe out of thin freaking air. Out of thin air, I intended, I, you know, the intention was there and, and it was the most crazy experiment I've ever done in my entire life with myself. And, and I just wish that people would, would try something as crazy as this because it teaches you that you have so much more power and control than you think and your destiny is 100% your choice. Absolutely, I've got happy telling that story. I got, <laughs> like, I'm kind of riled up right now. I was like, smiling. Why are you going to let me do these damn push-ups, Ben? Why are you making me do this podcast when all I want to do is do push-ups all night long? 100 burpees, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, how much time do I get? An hour and a half? <laughs> yeah, I think you, you're spot on there, man. And it's like, you, like we've kind of touched on it. It comes down to awareness i guess being the first step so especially for for races for dudes at race that's why i think that that perception thing is key like when when you get to the track the the guy who has the most certainty is wins right so you don't want to be that guy who's second guessing yourself or uh and that's when those thoughts might come in like if it's muddy oh I don't do well in the mud because you had a shitty race in the mud five years ago or something like that, or you've got that belief. So that was something that we spoke about with Rhino, Ryan Hughes, when he was over here doing the coaching schools with us. Um, one of the young kids, it was the last day, the weather was average. It was windy and raining. And one of the young kids came up and on an, on an 80, he said, Oh, I hate the wind. Is it going to go away? And Rhino said, well, it's not going to go away. So, why don't you tell yourself that you like the wind? 
because sometimes you got to trick yourself. That's what Ron said. And it's that thing to coming back to, to changing that belief and being aware of it. Like we say, being aware of that belief and then going, okay, I've got to trick myself and tell myself I love the wind or I love the mud or whatever it is. So when you get to the track, if your perception, if you can find a solution in every challenging situation, then you're going to be able to perform at your best. If, 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 you, if your perception skewed, you're going to find problems most of the time. So that could, and we all know when you get to the track, you're going to get challenged. It's not, you very rarely, especially if you're racing a championship, it's 10 rounds long or however long, you're not going to get 10 rounds that are going to go your way. Like you're going to get challenged. You're going to get, so the more, if your perception's in check, the, the better you get at finding solutions in those challenging situations, then the better off you're going to perform. But, I think the thoughts, catching the thoughts, having the affirmations, super important. Like, like say, like Rhino said, tricking yourself. But the other big part of that, which we've kind of touched on, is do it. Is just doing the work. Like, you can write shit in your journal all day long and visualize and blah blah blah. But if you haven't backed it up with doing the work, that that's what builds that self belief and that's what affirms that affirmation in your head. Have you practiced in the mud? Have you trained in the mud? Have you trained in the heat? Have you trained in hard pack when you don't like it? All those things, have you trained harder than anyone else? All that, all that, that stuff, that doing the work, practicing the mindset stuff, all those little things, you check those boxes off and then when you get to the race, then your perception will be in the right place. Absolutely. And if, and if you know, you know, let's say you have an idea for, you know, you're, let's say you race the B class, 450B class, you know, you're amateur 450B and you kind of have a good idea. A lot of those guys are your friends. You kind of know how much they practice, you know, how hard they train, you know, what kind of equipment they have, what kind of preparation they have. If you go to a race and you know that you did in the last month, let's say 10 to 20% more than each of those guys did on all those things. Your bike is 10, 20% more dialed in suspension, 10 to 20 more percent more dialed cardio, uh, just everything, mental game, whatever, whatever dynamic or whatever metric rather that you want to use. If you go to a race, knowing that you in your, in your mind, put in 10 to 20% more than what you think the average person you compete against does, what's your expectation going to be when the gate drops? Right. I mean, yeah. you're going to expect that you're going to do well because mm-hmm. you put in the time. And you're so, ready. you know, yeah. And so expectations are a big thing too, because a lot of times people set too high of an expectation and um, they come up short and, and that's very difficult for them. But what about when you, when you set an expectation that like, that truly is built on effort, discipline, belief, and, and, and hard work, you know, and, and you expect to win. Um, granted, you can't control a lot of the variables that must take place in order for you to win, but you certainly can control the most important variable, which is how prepared you are, um, you know, with all those metrics. And so, um, you know, expectations are, are key. And, and, and like you said, the more you put in the hard work, uh, the more you feel you deserve, the more you believe in your program, the more you believe in yourself, um, there comes that point, you know, I mean, Justin Brayton came down and really showed you guys uh, how to ride, you know, and he did pretty well, right, with the uh, Australian yeah, sure. Supercross. You know? And Absolutely. so, um, 
and you know, I was right next to him um, when he won his first ever race at Daytona Supercross 2018. I happened to be just right there. And um, he just was like, I, I finally believed in myself. It's like, mm. literally, like they asked him, why, why did you win? It wasn't like, oh man, you know, we put an A-kid suspension on, man. It made such a difference. <laughs> it wasn't like, oh dude, we squeezed three horsepower of my motor like last night thing was so fast like nobody ever says that they all say i finally believed in myself or i knew i could do it everyone's win gives credit to a mastery of the mental game or an aspect an aspect of the mental game and so it, it can't go understated how important this is and for the riders that are listening it's like you know one one other thing that you could really really start thinking about is stop comparing yourself to other riders. That's a big, big thing I see people doing. And it's like, oh, you know, you, you, for example, you might say, oh, well, he's got a better bike than me. Okay, well, then what expectation have you set? You set the expectation that he already has better equipment and that you should do worse than he does. Come on, a friend of mine, Jerry Robin, that races Supercross out here, won a Loretta's championship, like, I don't remember the year, 2012, 2013, don't hold me to it, on a 1989 CR250. Don't tell me. <laughs> that you need to have the best equipment. No, 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 no. You need to have belief in yourself. And he yeah. knew he ripped on that bike. And so he ripped on that bike. He's like, I am fast on this bike, so I will go fast. And yeah. he won. Like, look it up. You know, and so um, comparison is a big thief um, of, of your talent. So be careful. You know, uh, I think it was Einstein or someone said comparison's the thief of joy. I agree. And in, in, in life it is. But on the track, I think comparison is the thief of talent. Like it steals away talent that you have because you, you start to compare. You, typically what you do is you compare um, your worst attribute to someone's best attribute. So there's this big disparity. And um, that's the worst thing. It's like, well, no, like why can't, why don't I compare something I've got that's better than you if I'm going to do it? We just don't do that. Shouldn't compare anyways. But we have a tendency to never take what we have that's so good good in us and, 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 and exploit it. We, we just look for what, what's wrong with us. And uh, a lot of times we let the naysayers get in. Like I just did a post on the other day, the naysayers. How many people don't believe in you? Why do you listen to them? Who's in your circle? Ryan Villapoto, I asked him, I said, what, what was the key to your success? He goes, my circle. I'm like, mm. I'm waiting for the horsepower, the clutch. It wasn't the recluse clutch, no. Suspension, no. Yamaha Blue Crew, no. My circle, that, that was his answer. He went into more detail, but it all revolved around the people he chose to surround himself with. His so, environment, yeah, what he's letting in. Yeah, who do you let in? And, and yeah. with, with the people you choose, you're, you are the result. I mean, you've heard it all before. You know, you're the result of the five, 10 people that are closest to you. So who are you letting in your circle? Yeah. You know, it's like, are you, are you hanging out with some dudes just because they have a track and they're cool and they've got like a hot girlfriend? Okay, that's cool. I think for like one or two like Snapchats, but then after that, like, does it really serve you? Like, no, it doesn't. Like, who's got your back? Who's the person that when you're on the ground, they're like, dude, you've got this. Like, get up. I got your back no matter what. You're going to win the next race. Who's the person when you're, you get off the track and you want to give up and they're like, no, 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 you're not giving up. You have too much talent. Who is that person? And why are you not hanging out with that person? You should be texting that person like mad. You should be asking them what they're doing this Saturday at noon. And they're the people you want to be hanging out with. Absolutely, yeah. That's why I think I sent you that message yesterday when about the naysayers that 
and that that's something that's I guess I've learned on this journey of I guess accepting myself was that when people do judge you like that like our world is a mirror basically like we said that perception thing we view the world as we are not as it is so if people are hating on you if people are projecting their shit onto you it's just a reflection of themselves it's not it's because they feel insecure not it's not that you're insecure so when you sort of learn that it, it changes the way you think about that stuff as well so it, it doesn't get to you you don't doesn't it's like water off a duck's back i suppose for me anyway i i found and i guess getting back to that comparing ourselves to others i i truly believe that's where that's where fear of failure is born from because that's what are we afraid of why are we afraid of failing what other people think yeah exactly what other people think or are we letting people down or it's that comparison of other people so if we can learn to remove that which again that that of course is a challenge but i i truly believe when we only ever go backwards when we compare ourselves to others. So if we can be focused on our, on, on ourselves and that like touching on that thing before too, like the goal, the goal is important, like you said, setting, but sometimes that can disempower you. It can paralyze you if, if the goal, if we focus on the goal too much. So the goal's really there. I think it's Bruce Lee quote, the goal is not necessarily to be achieved. It's purely for motivation. So that, like, it's just there to, what I use goal setting for is is to bring intent. So that that's, comes back to that thing, like we were saying before, and I believe in, intent will trump volume any day of the week. If you've got some, some guy who's training six days a week, but he's just going through the motions, he's on Instagram in between every set of reps, he's on Instagram as soon as he hops off the bike, compared to some dude who's training twice a week, who's super focused, who's doing his routines, who's checking his boxes, he's, his level of intent is going to be far greater than the dude who's just going through the motions. So that's what I use goals for is to bring intent and, and purpose to your actions. But what's most important is that intent and is your, your intentions on a daily basis. So, so that what, what you focus on is what you get things. So what do you actually want? Like people, like we said, we, we tend to recreate our past. I don't want to come last or I don't want to get arm pump or I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be tenth to the first corner, whatever it is. People tend, we tend to focus on what we don't want. So that's what we keep getting. So trying to, if that's what you, what you don't want, what do you actually want? Focus on what you do want. So if you don't want to come last, well, what do you want? I want to, do you want to come 10th? Do you want to come first? Do you not want to get arm pumped? Do you want to feel confident? Do you want to feel focused? Blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's setting that intention in, a, in alignment with, with the goal, of course, the outcome, but bringing that intent to your daily actions that, that build that level of self-belief, I think. Oh, yeah, 100%, man. I mean, I, I, love, I love the fact that you have the ability to train someone's body and their mind. And I just think that's such a rare uh, combination, but it's so powerful. You know, I mean, with you, you get the opportunity when you're training someone physically in that gym behind you with all those awesome devices you have that I can see here on video. I love it. Um, 
you know, you're giving them an opportunity to, to train physically, but then you get in their ear. You know, what, what better person than to have you getting in their ear uh, mentally of all the things that they can do? Um, what, what seems to be a common theme for what holds people back mentally that you bump into, uh, that either you train or that you bump into at the track uh, in your area? I would say the two definitely are not, not being present, which is kind of combined with the lack of self-belief, which comes back to limiting beliefs that, yeah, I'm not good enough or I'm not fast enough or uh, these guys are faster than me or whatever it is. I'm, I'm not a pro, whatever that belief that people, they hold a belief. And I think that's, the people become that like we've touched on comes to awareness. I think most people probably they're not even aware that those thoughts are there and they're controlling them. That the sorry, the thoughts are controlling themselves. So I think that's the biggest part at the start is for people to actually be aware. And like you said, the language we use, like what's the first thing you say when some, when you get to the track and it is muddy or it's a shitty track, what's the first thing you say when someone comes up? Oh, how's it going? What do you think? How are you going to go today? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. The track doesn't look too good or it's muddy or whatever it is. Like that, that's a sign of what your beliefs about yourself are, are telling you. So I guess, yeah, they'd be the biggest things. Well, I'm being present that, and that's why that's one of the big things I focus on with people training here in the gym, like training to me, it's, it's like movement meditation. So we really focus on feeling the movement, um, like coming into the body, focusing on your breathing. Cause that, that little, again, it's a part of your training where you can apply that principle of being present, which the way, when we get to the track, we're just applying that principle of being present. So have you practiced that? in your daily routine have you practiced that principle in your other training so yeah like i practice breath work in my morning routine every morning and that's what i get my clients to do too but when we train that's we focus on being present feeling the movement and again that principle comes into play when we ride because that that was one of rhino's big things he's is feeling the bike when you're riding to be present in the moment when you're riding you want to be able to feel the bike, not not thinking. When we're thinking, we're either thinking in the future about the goal, which is too far away, or we're recreating the past, a belief. So the better we get at being present, the better we get at riding at our true potential. So, yeah, that that they'd be the two biggies for me. What about you? Yeah. What would you say? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that those are big and um... – you know, as far as being present goes, I, I really like that idea of, of breathing. You know, people, people don't understand the value in breathing. Um, when I get anxious, um, which I experienced a lot of anxiety in the last couple of months, um, and I experienced it, but I'm able to turn it off so ridiculously fast. I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. I can't believe how, how powerful I am. Um, one of the things that I would do is, I would say, okay, well, what happens when you're anxious? Well, you take short breaths. Okay, mm. so how do you reverse that? We'll take bigger breaths. Okay, so I just start taking deeper breaths when I'm anxious, and I'm like, okay. And I'm like, well, what happens when you're anxious? Where do you look? 
I'm like, I don't know. I, I kind of look around. I look left. I look right. I look up. I look down. I look everywhere. And then I'm like, okay, what's the opposite of that? Look at one thing. Okay. Deep breaths. Look at one thing. Then I'm like, what happens when you're anxious? Like, wh where does your head go? I'm like, it goes down. I'm like, oh, geez. All right. What's the opposite down? Up. All right. Bring your head up. So I'm like, all right. Chins up. Heads up. I'm breathing. I'm looking straight. Oh, damn. I'm not anxious. <laughs> oh my God. What just happened? That's crazy. Like I was just anxious. Like eight seconds ago, I went through this whole thought process, broke the anxiety loop that I was in because I started thinking of other things and put them as my focus. My focus was a solution to a problem. And, um, it was a break in that, that cycle. And, uh, it was the opposite physically of everything that I was dealing with because the physical and the emotional and the way you feel, you know, it's all linked, right? So your emotions and, mm. your, and your body language, it's linked. And yeah. so if you want an emotion to come out, like, how do you get that emotion? I mean, think about what I did in the car, that example I gave in the car. I wanted the emotion of happiness. So how did I get it? A lot of what I did was physical. Like, you know, I put the chin up, shoulders back, bouncing around, like everything I did was physical and it created that, that feeling. So how do you use your body to create feelings, you know, and, and be aware of that. And, and it's pretty, pretty wild. But to go back to your question about what do I feel riders struggle with, it's, it's definitely negative self-talk. Like we talked about, it's beating themselves up after a race. It's um, comparison. It's um, a lot of what we talked about, you know, and, and, it's, and it's like you said, a lack of awareness. It's like, do you realize that what you're doing is hurting you? Well, what do you mean? I mean, I, I sucked. Like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I went out there and I sucked. Okay, I know. Are you listening to me? Like, you can't do that. And it's like to get this through to people is tough. You know, I mean, I, I have a rider, Brandon Gregoire. He's um, 18. He gets this. Like, I, he's one of the students that I train and he gets it. Imagine where that guy is going to be in 10 years, mm. knowing that he has these tools right now at 18 that he uses and understands because he's extremely smart. He, he's kind of been the rider that came up to me at an AJ Motocross Academy school, and he literally looked at me, and I remember him doing it because it was the first time I ever spoke at a school uh, was for AJ Catanzaro, who I hang out with uh, at all the races and support him. And um, he just looked at me, and he's like, hey, hey man, I need you. And I was like, okay. I'm like, that's it. Like, he was like, I, I need you. Can we talk? Like literally he had like, he yeah. knew that this is what's missing. This is why I'm slow. Like not slow. He, he, he's a top amateur guy, but um, he knew this is the piece that was missing, but he had yeah. an awareness that something wasn't right. And he knew that something needed to change. And it doesn't matter. You don't have to have the answers. If you don't have the answers, so Google, Google things. I, how do I not feel like crap? I don't know. Maybe that's somewhere to start. Whatever. <laughs> how do I not feel anxious? I don't know. Start there. You know, it's an awareness. And, and now you're trying to solve a problem and you're taking an action. You're creating a focus, you know, like how is that not going to get you somewhere? You know, um, I think that just like, just asking for help, like you say, that's a yeah. massive step, not being confined to thinking that perhaps your way is the only way and getting some outside assistance, like you say, like that your rider just did, like that's, that's a massive step. It's huge. And if you've seen the gains that he's made, I mean, he's got, he is going to go pro and he is going to be a force to be reckoned with. I know that because even the other day he came over 
and we we handed out hams uh this past saturday for for christmas right and so he helped out and he's sitting here i'm with my girlfriend on the couch i'm looking at the couch right now and boy that thing is so damn comfortable i fall asleep on my couch every night by the way i, I can't if i go on the couch it's game over i don't even know why i go on it like i don't even know why i have a tv it's like it's useless with the couch paired up with it because I, I never watched TV. <laughs> but anyway so i'm sitting there on the on the couch with the girlfriend and we're just relaxing after you know working pretty hard to give away 50 50 ham it's not as easy as it sounds like you're running around like crazy doing it the way we do it anyways he looks at his thing at like what was it like seven o'clock at night and he goes oh geez man he's like i'm off i'm off on steps i'm like what are you talking about he's like well i'm supposed to do and i forget the number however many steps it was uh, and he was he felt he was way off and he's like it's seven o'clock all we're gonna do is go get food and then i have to drive home like i'm not even close what do i do and he goes, hey, um, do you mind if I um, borrow like a shirt if I need one? I'm like, uh, sure, why? And he's like, I gotta go up and down these stairs. I'm like, okay, you, yeah, you can, you can do that. I'm like, why do you wanna do it? He's like, well, I'm off on steps. I said, okay, fine. I go, well, just out of curiosity, how many times are you gonna go up? He goes, I think my math is that I have to go up and down the stairs a total of 200 times total. So like if you go up once and down once, that's a hundred times, but essentially it's a hundred up, a hundred down. So he spent the next, like, I don't know, 35, 40 minutes going up and down the stairs as fast as he could. Like yeah. who does that? Who, who has the discipline, the desire, the dedication, the focus, the ability to know that like nothing is going to stop them. Like, I just thought it was brilliant. I was like, you know, and it was, and, and here's, and here's, let's take, let's go a step back. Before he did it, he said to me, he goes, you know, what sucks. <laughs> like what? He's like, if anyone of my friends knew I was doing this, they would call me crazy. They would say I'm weird. They'd be like, why are you doing this? You know, these naysayers. And he's like, isn't that sad? And I'm like, yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. He's like, you know, and he's like, I couldn't even tell someone I'm doing this because they think it's weird. And it's like, at first, I even thought I got sucked in a little bit. I'm like, what is he doing? It's kind of weird. <laughs> but then I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, only for like 10 seconds, I thought it was weird. But then I'm like, dude, that's your boy. That's your boy getting it done. Commitment. You know? and, and, and that's why he's up front. Mm, absolutely. That mentality, that mindset. Like, this is what I set out to do. I'm going to do it. Nothing's going to stop me. I don't care. He could have exactly. been... He could have, and I even was like, you know what? I'm going to mess with him. I started grabbing cornhole bags because I'm practicing to go pro in cornhole. So I, and I, by, by, uh, by chance, I just woke up one day and said, I'm going to be a professional cornhole player. I was like, I don't care. I'm just going to state it. So I stated it and I've been taking effort to become it. And I'm actually getting pretty good. I haven't really lost. Uh, the only time I lost was um, cornhole goes to 21. The only time I lost is I gave a guy a 20 point lead on me before we started. So it was 20. <laughs> Euro, 21 you went he beat me um twice but i beat him twice even giving him a 20 point jump but anyway so i grabbed the cornhole bags and as he's running up and down the stairs i go you want to get your heart rate higher and i start he goes sure i start throwing bags at him so now he's getting distracted because he's going up and down the stairs he's got bags being thrown at him and i'm like coming coming and he's throwing them back to me i'm throwing to him but you know it, it's a dedication it, it's a focus all these things that we talk about and and there's so much to it and it's fun. The journey is fun. Um, learning that you have control over your mind is fun. It's empowering. It makes you feel very capable. Um, it makes your relationships better. 
Um, this whole mental game thing, it, it, it helps you in so many ways. Like I, I had my car breakdown and I was like, I don't care. Hey, at least I got a car. So you know, a lot of people don't have a car, you know, I'm like, Hey man, I might, I might be broken down, but I got a car. <laughs> yeah. So like you said earlier, it's your perspective too. So there's a lot of tools out there. There's a lot of things, but you just got to start by putting time in every day being aware, taking action, look up smart goals. You want to Google something, Google smart goals. Smart goals are a great way to start. I have all my riders I train. Right now I train um, Brandon Gregoire, Grant LaFrance, Adam, uh, I always say Adam, Co it's uh, Owen Covell, Adam's his dad, and uh, Tyler McAdams. So we have four guys. And I start, all four of them start off by doing smart goals, which yeah. gives clarity and direction um, to your goals. It, um, it, it breaks down a goal into a lot of pieces and it chunks it out. So it's a little more manageable. So yeah, it's a good well, place to start. Uh, I was going to say that that's a really good example of your guy there, Brendan, is it? Brandon, yeah. Brandon, yeah. That's a really good example of he's defined his outcome. So he knows what he wants. And then he brings that intent to his actions. Like if he say he wants to be AMA champion, how, and that's, that's where I bring goals in is you want to be AMA champion. How hard does that guy train? How much effort does that guy put in? You don't get to the end of the day and skip a session and win an AMA championship, right? You got to, you got to do the work. So he, that's a prime example there of him being focused on on his outcome and bringing the intention the intent to his to his actions and moving forward so 100% that's what I guess I'd love to kind of round up on because I've got about 15 minutes and then I've got to shoot <laughs> we could talk all day man but um I also got to do those push-ups and those burpees right yeah I'll get the stopwatch out later <laughs> <laughs> um but giving, like, like I say, yeah, like that's that's a really good start for the for the listeners. So giving, I'd love to give them, I guess, some key little steps. And like you just said there, the goals. So getting getting clear on your goals initially, breaking them down. What would be some other key points that you, some action steps that people can put into place to actually start moving forward with this stuff? So. A couple of the words that we've said already, um, but just to break it down and simplify, awareness. How do I feel? Why do I feel this way? How do I change it? There's awareness. Focus. Yep. What am I thinking about right now? All right. Is it something that helps you or should you focus on something else? It's a choice. Well, are you going to stick with it or change? Okay. There's focus. Um, goals. Smart goals, like I said, great way to start but start with a small goal. I know I mentioned it before, but it is imperative that I mention it again. The smaller the goal, the easier it is to attain. The, attaining a big goal is sexy, but what you really want is you want small, easily attainable goals so you can create momentum and create that habit of, of knowing that you're capable. Um, yeah. So start with small goals. Start small. Trust me on that one. It's huge. Create the habit. Um, success breeds success, right? Success breeds success is right. Yeah. And, you know, um, self-talk. Um, I've done experiments with cornhole boards. Um, if I don't do well after a throw, I always say, hey, man, you got the next one. You got this, like, focus, aim for the hole, boom. Positive words, positivity, positive self-talk. So self-talk. There's negative self-talk and there's positive. 
always try to say positive things and you can always find positivity even in a situation that you might perceive to be negative. There's always something to find from it. So less negative self-talk, more positive self-talk. Um, and I would say maybe another thing is analyze your circle. Is there anyone that should stay? Someone should, who should go? Are there people that you don't contact enough that you should maybe contact more that have always been there for you? Um, You'd be surprised when you start writing a list down of, of who you should talk more to and who you should talk less to. You find that you're talking to the wrong people. I do it all the time and I still, still, I could do it right now and I promise you that I'm talking, I'm, I'm giving too much face time to some people that shouldn't. My list is pretty good, but it could be better. Um, yeah. So there's plenty of things to get started on, man. You know, and then, you know, and not just all only that. Rack racing. I, I talk every damn morning about this stuff. So go to at rack racing. This is the part where I get to promote myself. Should I do like one of those voices? And by the way, you know, follow <laughs> rack racing at RAK racing. That's right. At RAK racing. Follow now. With a free set of steak knives. Free set of steak knives. <laughs> I am not sending any steak knives. Those things are heavy. And someone cuts themselves, I'm going to get sued. And God knows what the shipping costs are to Australia. No <laughs> shipping knives. Read the small print, guys. No purchase necessary. No steak knives will be included in any shipping. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's, that's what I would say. And, and, you know, and just make this a priority, you know. And, and moto's fun. Enjoy the journey. You know, that, that, that's like a, if I was to say like one big thing, like taking a couple steps back, like don't worry about, you know, when you have a good race, like when you bench, when you look back, right? Let's say you have a race weekend, you look back. Well, let's say you had a race weekend five years ago and you wanted to recap it with your friends. Are you going to talk about, oh, I won or oh, I got second? Like you might mention that, but what, where's the great conversation going to come in? It's going to come in when you think about the journey. Dude, do you remember like five years ago when we were going to like Glen Helen, do you remember when that guy came in front of you on the exit and his tire fell off and then his <laughs> car went and then you hit the brakes and your bike went over the front of the truck? Dude, that was the best day ever, you know? And it's like, those are the memories. It's the journey to the track. It's the journey to the checkered flag. It's the journey to the winds. It's the journey where the fun is. It's the relationships along the way, the stories along the way. These are the things that, define you know your level of happiness and, and create memories that that are meaningful so you know enjoy the journey enjoy the process trust the process and uh i don't know hire ben greenwood for thousands and thousands <laughs> of dollars a day for him to give you the information you need because we need to get him a new bean bag because that thing is hanging from that thing i still don't understand that bean bag man why are you hanging it like did it is it are you killing it like why is it hanging like that shouldn't a bean bag be on the ground like living free it is but we like our floor space for for moving so we hang it up it's for my kids they often come out early in the morning jump in on a workout and just watch <laughs> so Fair enough, I, I don't i don't use it on clients but i like that idea of putting some medicine balls in there that, that could work <laughs> <laughs> i like it i like it um yeah i think you're right there man like one of those that it's that old it's a bit of a cliche saying again but the 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 journey is the destination when you can sort of grasp that i think that that's where the juice of life is like you say it's like that that goal or that destination it's just a it's a moment in time and like you say you're not 
going, you'll remember that. But what's more important is the hours and hours and the days and the days in between that that's what's going to impact you the most and that's what you're going to remember the most. So, and it is, man, like life is just like a big motocross race, I reckon. Like sometimes you're going to pull a whole shot and sometimes you're going to get knocked down in the first corner and you're going to have to fight your freaking way through the pack. So it's like it is and it's just a process. So learning that it's the toughest sport on earth. Like there's, it's like you say it, it and it, that's why it takes so long. Like you're not going to get 20% gain in, in two months. You're going to get 1% and you're going to chip away and you're going to chip away and you're going to, it takes time and it takes that pro embracing that process and just keeping on, keeping on to, to truly master it. Like, for sure. And, and you, you just look at the emotion when someone wins, right? Look at the emotion that any rider, like top athlete, or even not even like top amateur, like the emotion that a moto guy is going to have when he wins, excuse me, compared to like, I don't know, a baseball player. Yeah. I mean, a baseball player just high fives and spits stuff out of their mouth. I, I just don't like baseball. I, I shouldn't cut on. <laughs> no, you know, I am going to cut on it. Life is about choice. I choose to cut on baseball. I think baseball <laughs> is the most boring sport there is. They throw the ball and it's like, what are you doing? Like, throw the ball again. Like, let's go. Like, we can wrap this up in half the time. But um, the emotion that you see in a win from a motocross rider is huge because they're reflecting back on all the sacrifice. It's like they're not even reflecting mm -hmm. back consciously, but I think subconsciously there's like this bundle of energy of like sacrifice, you know, giving up, working hard, three jobs, you know, dad selling his camper, you know, to buy you a moto truck, whatever, you know, and it's like this surge of emotion because of the process, because of the journey and the dedication, the sacrifice. And you're like, wow, like, think of everything I gave up for this moment. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this moment important for me. And it's just this surge of emotion. I love it. Moto's, moto's dude, dude, moto rocks, man. I, you know, anyone listening to this podcast, you're so much better than everyone else. Am I allowed? That's actually, I'm not supposed to say that, but you know, I am. You're so much better. Let, let's, let's well, compare it's you. true, let's compare man. It's true. Yeah, it's true. It's true, it's man. True. You're like, better than everyone. Right and now, they're dude. already already good at all this shit though. I, I truly believe that, man. Like you're already good at like not focusing on negative shit just by getting on a freaking motocross track. Like there's so many people out there who'd be like, shit, no, I'm not getting out there. I could die. Like it's, what if you die? What if you get hurt? <laughs> it is like we are. I, I, I back you all the way, man. We're a rare breed. <laughs> yeah. And if you think about it, what, you know, it's an expensive sport, but why can people afford it? I'll tell you why. Because everyone is so driven on the track. They're also driven off the track. And they're, yeah. they're like, if they're a plumber, they're a top level plumber. If they're an electrician, they're a great electrician that gets paid well. If they're yeah. a builder, they're one of the top builders. Why? Because they are that type of person. Moto teaches you more than any sport, in my opinion. And I wish more parents would get their kids involved. If they knew what I knew, every kid would have a motocross bike before they even got a book bag, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and the world would be a better place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, OGO should do that. Be like, hey, we're going to sell these book bags. And with Read it comes... Yeah, you're, and like with it comes like a KTM 65. Actually, no, you wouldn't want to start with a KTM 65. That thing, you'll flip <laughs> it over in two seconds. Um, maybe like an electric bike or something to start yeah. with like a shovel so you can build your first jump, right? <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Well, man, yeah, I'll have to wrap it up quickly. But like I said, if you tell the listeners where they can get in touch with you again because that, that's the other side of what you do that random act of kindness people can actually get in touch with you they can help support that 
um, by making a donation, whatever that might be. Like you've always got different stuff going on, but let, let everyone know how they can get involved there and actually contribute to what you're doing as well. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, it's super cool. I I really love that side of what you do too. Like that's, that's a super cool thing. Yeah. So every now and then, like we do giveaways where, um, like we did that recent giveaway and the way it worked was, is I said, Hey, I'm going to buy 50 turkeys. If you want to help, it's 12 bucks a turkey or 12 bucks a ham. Um, click the button in my bio and we'll give you a shout out live. And just what ended up happening is we're like knocking on doors, like handing out free ham to people. We're videoing them saying, Hey, look, this ham, like, tell me what you're grateful was the first thing we would say, like, what are you grateful for? And then two, thank, you know, Ben Greenwood, because he's the one that paid for this ham for you. And you know, someone would donate like $12. They get a shout out from this person. This person's like, thank you so much. I'm going to feed my family. I'm grateful for the house over my head. And just like, here you are, like, when's the last time you went to a charity where like, and we're not like so much considered a charity. I don't even know what we are. We're like just a do good organization, but um, you know, here it is. What's that? Are you a cult? (laughs) <laughs> you, you could be a cult. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, but who knows? I mean, I don't know. You know, we're, <laughs> who knows? I don't know. But I will say this, that when we give out these hams, what's cool is that um, you're getting a shout out instantly, like within like 20 yeah. minutes, 10 minutes, depending on how busy we are. It's like, wow, I just made a donation. Someone just thanked me on Instagram on a cool account. And I feel good about myself because I just gave to someone. They mm. thanked me. I feel like I have a purpose. I just gave and it feels good um, to give instead of take. And it's like pretty cool, you know? And, and you know, even we have a Weston Pike raffle right now. Weston Pike, you know, top guy, injured. Um, we um, are the people that pay me for mental coaching, I asked them, I said, Hey, I want to spend some of this money that you guys give me for mental coaching. Cause I do spend a hundred percent of the fees that I generate for mental coaching goes back to the community through random kindness, hundred percent, not 90, hundred percent. So, um, we bought uh, professional cornhole boards, um, at a good deal for Weston Pike and we're running a, um, $5 per entry raffle and all those proceeds go to Weston Pike. You know, he's got like over a hundred thousand dollars worth of medical bills that are unpaid, even though he's got great insurance. And then his uh, fiance lost her job because she was um, trying to help him um, when he was in Paris, right? Trying to recover and stuff. She flew out there and it's like, um, so we just try to give, you know, we're a race, we're a group of good people, a race team that kind of like gives back and mental coaching and fun stuff. We did a moto mom giveaway today, which is still live till Anaheim one, but uh you know, there's videos every day that will inspire you and, you know, make this front of mind and, and stuff. And, and so, yeah, happy stuff. Awesome, man. Well, I love your work. I love your work. You're doing good things. So keep doing it. I appreciate your support. And, you know, and part of being present is just to enjoy things. And I really enjoyed you giving me your time. I know you've got kids. Um, it sounds like you have an illegal bird factory there. Cause every time I call you, all I hear is like a hundred birds chirping. So I think there's something going on there that if I was a government agent, I would think that you're selling like probably rare birds for like huge profit. But, um, <laughs> in all seriousness, like I just appreciate and respect the time you gave me to have my voice heard, uh, makes me feel good. And, 
you know, to know that you appreciate what I do. And uh, I appreciate all the messages that you share with me. Uh, they lift me up and I like the way you think. Um, and I like what you're doing to bring the mental game to the front of the moto community down in your neck of the woods. And at some point, um, we should try to coordinate something where, you know, we get my butt down there and the two of us just inspire as many people as we can. So let's try to make that happen and maybe <clears throat> even get, you know, even who knows AJ Catanzaro to come down and teach the on the bike skills along with you, or who knows, maybe just you and I, you know, you know, you know, the motorbike skills, like, you know, we should figure something out, man. I, I think if anyone's interested in something like that, let us know, you know, because we could probably make it happen. Yeah, um, totally, dude. I'd love that. That'd be amazing. Do I get a free bird if I come all the way out there though? Oh, yeah, we can catch one. They're everywhere down here. They're in <laughs> captivity. What do you mean catch one? <laughs> There's no way you can have that many birds. Every time I, the first time I called you, I was like, dude, I can't even hear this guy. Like, this guy's cool, but what's up with the birds? I'm like, I wonder if he's like a bird lover. What, like, what a great energy and vibe to have around your place. All these chirping birds, man. I think it's great. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's part of my little environment, I suppose. I'm just, it's probably something I try not to take it for granted, but we live in a really cool spot and that's one of my things I'm, yeah, well aware of reminding myself of just how, how grateful I am for where we do live. Like you say, it's, it's pretty special. So I appreciate your time too, man. I appreciate the feelings mutual. So we'll work on that. Definitely. I will work on getting you down here, man. That'd be awesome. Absolutely. Cool things. And make sure that um, when we're done and you, you hit the end button or the stop recording button, I want you to go outside and I want you to thank all those birds for chirping and I want you to verbalize it. Don't, you have to say it. You give me your word, you'll do it for me? 100%. All right, go thank the birds. I think it'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the moment, they're like breeding like wildfire. So there's little baby ones falling out of the nest all the time and my son actually puts like makes a little home for them and tries to breed them up so I'll, I'll breed a couple up for you and you can have one when you come as a pet <laughs> <laughs> sounds good to me <laughs> we'll call it, rack. <laughs> call it rack yeah. <laughs> rack the red winged whippoorwill or whatever yeah, we'll figure it out <laughs> all right man awesome thanks again for your time all right. Peace out. And thanks everyone for your time and listening. Um, really appreciate you giving us a chance to have an influence and impact on your life. Really appreciate your time as well. Yeah. Cheers, man. Cheers, brother. Or cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Thanks for listening to the Ben Greenwood High Performance Podcast. For more information on this podcast episode, please check out the show notes and to check out more of my content, shoot over to my website, www.100percentstrength. That's www.100percentstrength.com. 100% strength to us means giving 100% effort to any challenge we face whether that's in life, whether that's in the gym, or whether that's out on the track. So you can check out some of our free content online. We've got a blog there. We've also got an email list you can subscribe to to stay up to date with events, 
tips and tricks on a weekly basis. And I'd really appreciate you give us a follow on Facebook or Insta too. Until the next episode, give it 100%. Peace out.